Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. Wait, I have to burp. <laughs> That's the intro. Excuse me. <laughs> and welcome to another round with Heaven, Heaven and, and I, I have, have to, to burp. burp. <laughs> um, hey, girl. How you doing, burp? <laughs> I am so burpy today. I don't know what's going on. Um, so it is Mental Health Awareness Week. A.K.A. every day of my life. <laughs> A.K.A. every day of our lives. Yes. And every episode. Yes. But but it's a special week, so we want to celebrate in a very particular way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the way that we want to celebrate is by telling you to take your ass outside. This is the Go Outside episode. It is. I feel like we don't go outside and play enough. Anymore. Facts. Facts. Remember when you was little and all you wanted to do was go home, put on your play clothes, and just yes, go outside and yes. run? up and down the street for hours <laughs> doing nothing Remember those days? <laughs> do that again now so how are we celebrating going outside what we got for the people so to celebrate going outside we are going to talk to some folks who go outside very often <laughs> so we got some experts who are not us <laughs> because we don't really go outside like that it's yes. nature out there you yes. know people yes. things I would like to avoid generally but you're listing all the barriers <laughs> <laughs> but you know who is very into going outside mm. is our friend Rahawa Haile she one day was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go walk the entire length of the Appalachian Mountains. She sure did. She And she did that. <laughs> oh, my God. By herself. Yes. And she has natural hair, y'all. What did she do with her hair? <laughs> Crazy. Like straight up like that book, Movie Wild, but blacker. <laughs> and we're also going to talk to the one and only Kelvin Pena, a.k.a. Brother Nature, a.k.a. Deer Squad. Okay, so for those who do not know what that is, Tracy, yes. what, what is Deer Squad? So, uh, <laughs> Who's Brother Nature? Brother Nature <laughs> is just a young brown man who... Put up a video of him hanging out with a family of deer. He named them. One's name was Money. That's all I know. Yes. And it went super viral. And so he makes videos of him just being like out in nature. So we're going to talk to the deer man himself. We're talk to Brother Nature. Yes. But first, we mm. have a very special guest. Someone else who often goes outside on purpose to it's do things. not the two of us again. <laughs> it's not at all. But it's my mommy. Oh my gosh. She's actually here in the studio. Is she going to join us for this episode? I hope so because I told everybody else she was. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even too excited. But I, I think we can cajole her into cajole? I want to cajole anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I want her to enter Walton. But yeah, we got a an action-packed day of people who go outside. <laughs> who are not And us. we're enjoying it by proxy. Yes. <laughs> and then being inspired to leave our own homes. Maybe we'll maybe we'll go outside one day. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all and we're doing we it for you. Do. I was very excited to have our next guest in the studio until she tried to bite my finger, literally, <laughs> just now. Settle down, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the stew with my mama, oh Miss Delpha Clayton. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm oh, so excited. I just got emotional. Oh, my God. This is a roller coaster. <laughs> You're in the stew and you wearing the headphones. I'm delighted so to be here. There's so much happening right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. We are very happy that you're here. Thank I'm happy you for... to be here. I really am. Oh. I've always wanted to meet heaven. Oh. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I will <Wow>. take it. <laughs> what would you say is like your general relationship to the outdoors? Is that something you grew up always wanting to be around? Well, or? I was born in the country. Mm. Southeastern Kentucky. 
And being outdoors was, uh, I guess, our only recreation. Mm. Do you feel like fishing is a part of your self-care routine? It used to be, yes. I would like for it to be some more. I'm waiting on my grandson to get a little older and I can take him with me. Yeah. Because your fishing buddy lives in New York now, huh? You were never (laughs) my fishing buddy. The never. I feel like that is an unfair assessment because you have drugged me fishing several times. You heard her say drug. Yeah. What fun is that? That was the verb of choice. Well, you don't let me have fun when we go fishing. You won't put the worm on. I won't touch them. And if you do get a bite, you're flinging the rod around the fishes in the air. (laughs) What? Sounds like I have a bat. Remember that time I caught a stick? <laughs> yeah. That was her big I had an actual stick. Oh I was trying God. to cast you it and it got caught in the stick? tree. <laughs> and I was like, look, a fish stick. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I will allow it. I will allow it. <laughs> Although she didn't say it then. <laughs> I didn't. I thought of it later. <laughs> you always do. No, always, always. Did you feel like you were bad at fishing, Tracy, or... I'm not bad at it. I she just was get lucky. bored. She was lucky. Wow. If she stood still and just fished and not throw rocks in the water or I have ADD, okay? I'm not going to sit there and just around. look at the pole forever. Would you like to tell my lucky fishing story? Why don't you tell the fishing story? As I remember it? And I will correct it. Wait. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> we can tell our competing versions of the fish story. <laughs> okay. 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 Paint a picture. All right. What picture. happened? <laughs> Sicily, 1932. <laughs> um, we let's, were... let's start out saying she did not want to go fishing. I had to shame no. her into yeah. it. Okay. okay. All this is okay. true. And she had to shame me into it because I just, I like stillness and doing nothing, but I don't like stillness and doing nothing on a fishing bank. Because until you get a bite on the pole, you're just sitting and Looking at a stick in the water. And then if you're too loud, it's like distracting from the thing you're ostensibly doing. Yeah. And I just can't do it. Anyway, so we're in the country for our family reunion. We have a family reunion every, the first weekend of every August. Love it. So (laughs) hot. So, so hot. And naturally, since we're in the country where she likes to fish, she wanted to go fishing. I couldn't drive. I didn't have a say. So I also went fishing. So I'm standing out there by the car, you know, waiting and waiting. Wow, this <laughs> extra detail. And she comes out of the cabin with her little prissy self. She, <laughs> she's pulling on a dress. Oh. I feel like fashion-wise for me at this point, color blocking was like, ooh, you know. So I had on this uh, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> I had on this sundress. Okay. It was a black and white print sundress. And I decided that my accent color was going to be yellow, like bright, offensive crayon yellow. So I had this huge yellow purse. I had these yellow earrings and like a yellow something else and some flip flops and sandals. And I come outside like, all right, I'm ready to go fishing. And she looks at me and she's just like, what are you? What is this? This is not what you were to go fishing. So I stand there and I'm a little surprised. And she said, what? (laughs) She said, you don't like what I got on? I can go back in the house. <laughs> That's a good That's impression of Tracy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I said, no. <laughs> I'm like, listen, if you want me to go fishing, this is what you get. <laughs> The so, fish are gonna enjoy this look. Exactly. That's how you. That's how you catch a fish. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, it works because we get to this place to the dam. It was um, 
called Wolf Creek Dam. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bait her hook with my mealworms. <laughs> They're little bitty fight worms. I don't mind worms. touching like worms. Me. Be quiet, I'm telling uh, you. You're, you're absolutely right. It's go not your turn, Tracy. Go, go, go ahead, fam. Go ahead. You got it. You got it. <laughs> anyway, they look like little white maggots, mm-hmm. right? So, fishing, fishing, fishing. I probably at some point got up and wandered off. I looked away and got my stuff set up. And I looked back over to my right and Tracy was gone. (laughs) Maybe, probably. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Hey, 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 Your Honor, objection. Badgering the witness. She had wedged her pole between two rocks. Oh, no. What? And I look around for her. She's like 30 feet down the bank taking pictures. (laughs) I saw a very beautiful family of butterflies. Aww. It was like a rock just covered in butterflies. And I was like, ooh, that's more fun than watching this. Thing. Okay, so, okay. So let me just put my... <laughs> just like two seconds. I'm like, I'm going to go look at the butterflies come back. That's so cool. I looked at her pole and I could tell there was something on it. So I had to yell because, you know, the water's she rushing. She caught something not even there? Skills. Yeah. The moral of the story is that I caught a 20-inch trout. What? In that dress. What? In those flip-flops with that purse. 20 inches? 20 inches. That's a lot. That's a that's a fish-sized fish. <laughs> you could eat that, I think, and maybe get a sandwich out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we just get in trouble? <laughs> At any rate, Jesus correct. It was like a 20-inch Trout? Snaps. Rainbow trout. Rainbow trout. Yeah. Those are the pretty ones. That's a fish fish. And from then on, it was known as my lucky fishing dress. Oh. She never wore fishing. (laughs) (laughs) It got cold. This is in the summer. (laughs) And she hasn't been back yet. No. (laughs) We've been fishing together since then. I don't think so, dear. You owe me a fishing trip. I do. I like being with you. I was going to say I really like fishing. I mean, if she would just sit still, we could sit and talk and... Have you gone fishing since you've taken your meds? <laughs> no, I haven't. She just in terms of medicated. like paying attention. No, you, no, no. no. Just in terms of feeling her? distracted. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll keep me from getting as bored. Because you know you don't let me play on my phone. You don't let me do anything. So this is a good experiment. I would love to just invite myself to this trip. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have a standing invitation. Oh, yay! Yes. Yes. Go outside. Go, go outside. outside. <laughs> go outside. We're going to go outside. So I'm thrilled we're talking to Rahawa Haile, a writer and journalist based in Oakland who hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2016. By her black ass self. She sure did. By my black ass self. Yes. Um, uh, Welcome to the show, girl. Welcome to the show. Please explain yourself. (laughs) That's the first question. Please explain myself. (laughs) Yes, girl, what? Why? I mean. So a a while ago, I remember you talking about this, that you were going to hike this trail. And I was like, okay, sure. Theoretically, Mm. one could hike a trail. Did you believe that she was actually going to do it? (laughs) Yes, yes. Mm. There was a determination, a conviction. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I think the word is desperation, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll let you set it up a little. What was the thinking behind this? And like, where did this idea come from? I mean, so, you know, I was... I was in New York. I I spent seven years in New York before hiking the trail. And I was kind of in a rut. Um, I was working a stupid day job that I 
really, really disliked. Mm. And um, I know, I know. And, and you know, <laughs> writing, writing on the side, right? Like the, right. the eternal struggle there. And I was, I was in a relationship that wasn't really uh, going well, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, and my lease was coming up, and I'm like, Ooh, you know, look at that trifecta uh, right there. That's I, a New York trifecta. <laughs> and I thought to myself. I'm in good health. I will never be more unencumbered than I am right now. Like, mm. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have children. Great. And my health is good. And so you were like, let me endanger this great health. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is a little too much health. I gotta, gotta this down. Let's get just too healthy. And, you know, I had a friend who took me hiking um, up Bear Mountain, which is very close to New York City. It gets it's tons of New Yorkers there on mm. summer weekends. It's called Bear Mountain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bear oh, Mountain. Okay. And uh, it's very it's very close, um, and it's really beautiful. And he took me there because I'd been reading all of these through-hiking blogs, which are just travel journals. What is through-hiking? Through-hiking means you're doing the whole thing. The Appalachian Trail starts in Georgia and ends in Maine. So you're doing, like, a whole trail. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're doing the whole thing from Georgia to Maine. Uh, a section okay. hiker is somebody who hikes in sections. Um, and a day hiker, which is what I was on the day that uh, my friend took me to Bear Mountain, is someone who just goes out for the day and uh, does a little bit of hiking. Mm. And he took me up this mountain. It was my first time on the Appalachian Trail. And by the time I got to the top, I just felt a kind of calm and a kind of peace that, you know, black women almost never get. Whoa. So I thought, Tell me about this rare thought, peace you found. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I got a mountain for you to climb if you're looking at <laughs> As if we don't have enough mountains to climb every day. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You, got, you got your figurative mountains. No, mm. but but it was it was incredible, and I it was in, it was empowering, and uh, just what I needed. And I told myself at some point, I think I'd like to try the whole thing. And then two years later, I showed up in Georgia, ready to do so. Mm. You just said that when you got to the top of the mountain, you felt a peace that Black women rarely get to feel or experience. Yes, that's one way that I can see like something like hiking being an active like way or route to self-care for black women especially like if in your waking life your regular normal life you don't get that kind of peace Mm. how does you being a black woman how does that transform the experience of hiking and being outdoors for you well it's a compromised freedom you know there's never a time when i'm just on top of a mountain and thinking wow it's great to be human in a way that my other through hiking peers got to be um, there's always awareness about my blackness. There's never a time where I move through any kind of wilderness without being aware of a particular vulnerability that I am susceptible to. That's that's what I mean by by a compromised freedom. That this is, you know, hiking the Appalachian Trail was as close as I I ever got to freedom. But mm. there's there's just the recognition that it isn't it isn't completely freeing because um, as I wrote. Um, in a feature that I, I, I did for Outside Magazine, uh, a person of color starting the Appalachian Trail today in Georgia would have to walk 700 miles before they reached the, roughly 700 miles before they reached the first county that didn't vote for Trump. Now, it's not, you know, Ooh, it's not just... Can you say that one more time? Yeah. Ooh, that just hit yeah. me in my chest. <laughs> so I, I wrote a feature for Outside Magazine about the hike. And I crunched some numbers this past winter. And a person of color showing up to hike the Appalachian Trail, showing up in Georgia in 2017, would have to hike almost 700 miles before they reached the first county 
that did not vote for Trump. And so this is what I, I, I keep coming to this thing about compromised freedom, because I'm doing this once in a lifetime, totally liberating thing where I'm not checking Twitter every day, mm. which, my goodness, I, I highly recommend. <laughs> you know? But it's also that also just means moving through hostile territory in many ways. Mm. So 700 miles until you reach a town or a city that did not vote for Trump. That to me means 700 miles of watching my back, of expecting to be harassed and hate crimed against. Yeah. And word. How do you deal with that? Ooh, you know, I mean, I I wish I had I had good answers for that. Can we back up a little and talk about like your prep for this trip? Like, Mm. was that a thing you thought about going into the trip? Like, how do I prepare for my safety if I am hate crimed (laughs) in (laughs) Trump County? Absolutely, absolutely. I I mean, every ounce matters on the trail. Um, Every ounce that you carry, because you're carrying it up and down really steep mountains. You don't want to bring more than you need. But you know, I remember carrying a backup battery to recharge my phone. There's a lot of technology on the trail, and people use their phones all of the time. Mm. So you had Wi-Fi? <laughs> no, I didn't have Wi-Fi, no. not yet. But, you know, I always made sure that I had my cell phone or that people knew where my last whereabouts were. You know, I was regularly in contact with my family and with my friends. And, you know, my network really stepped up to make sure that I felt safe. And hikers also, I mean... The numbers tend to skew about 75% male and like 25% female for for people who hike the Appalachian Trail. But it is, I mean, overwhelmingly white. I don't just mean like there aren't many black people. I mean, there are very few people of color, period. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that that's changing. But, you know, I, I just, you asked me how I prepared I don't know, heaven, how do you prepare to leave your house every day? You know, like, you know, that, that's the, the truth mm. of it is, I mean, I, f- I feel like if there's one thing that the past year has shown us, it's that the wilderness exists in far more places than just the wilderness, right? Mm. So you take all the precautions that you can. You never hitch alone. I would recommend that for most women, uh, if not all women, but especially for people of color. You do not get into a random car in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, and not, you know, not think twice. Right. But um, I feel like there's a danger posed by, like, some creepy person who looks like he's just, like, out to hurt anybody. Right? In general. Yeah. But I feel That's like true. for a black woman, like, you could just be, like... Like, if you meet a man in a Confederate flag T-shirt, you know, that's not like somebody who's, like, jumping out to rob you. It's somebody who already has preconceived notions about you and your blackness and your black body being in this white space. So did you feel like this is, like, some extra shit, right? It is. It is extra shit. And, And, I mean, you know, honestly, you just, there's a lot of risk involved, right? I mean, there's mm. there's inherent risk involved in, in an, uh, a, a trek like this. Um, and I, I wish I could say I had a special, like, routine that gave me confidence, you know? A certain amount of it was stupidity, a certain amount of it was bravery, and a certain amount of it was luck. Um, but it was always in the back of my mind, and I certainly met people in towns and day hikers who were just out on the trail for a day or so wearing Confederate flags. It was a hike through, it was a 2,000 mile hike through microaggressions um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, and I'm not going to lie about that. Mm -hmm. And there are people on the trail right now, you know, I'm not the only, I'm not the first black person to through hike a trail. There are three long trails in America. There's the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, which um, Cheryl Strayed and Wild, right? There's that one. And then there's another one in the middle that very few people do called the Continental Divide Trail. And this year, I know of three black people that are on each of those trails, and they're all struggling. They're all struggling in the 
ways that you think any black person in the middle of nowhere in America would be would be struggling. Number one and struggle. What did y'all do with your hair? Yes. Ooh, so <laughs> I chopped off my afro, and that was that was a personal choice. What I have seen, and what I'd love to write about at some point, is so many protective styles, Ooh. so many dreads, you know, lots of braids, lots of twists. Um, but protective styles, because those leaves are everywhere, and those ticks are right. everywhere, and the last thing you want is a tick finding your scalp, because you are never gonna find it. Right, um, and all that hair. I know. And it's so I know. Thick. I mean, I right. Just, you can't just like you, detangle when you want to. Right. Exactly. Oh, it was a struggle. Let me tell you something. <laughs> there were so many white things that I saw on the trail. You know, lots of white things. <laughs> but <laughs> arguably, the whitest thing was when I finally got to a town to take a shower, which is mm. a rare treat. You know, like it's not as rare as in other places, maybe. But you know, you've been hiking. You've hiked maybe a hundred miles. You get to take your first shower. Wow. And you're at a, a, a hostel. There are all these hiker hostels. And you look and you reach for like the soap and and shampoo and conditioner and you pick up some oh. Old Spice three in one body oh. shampoo oh. conditioner. No. And I remember I remember looking at this <laughs> bottle like, are you No <laughs> I, the release. Oh, oh my god. god. Come on. Yeah, no. And I remember also like there was a time in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, where I was in a supermarket just trying to get some resupply food for the next section. And I ran into a single packet of some argan oil deep conditioner <gasps> and I, that I could take with me. That was number light. Jesus, girl. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I, ne- I nearly cried in the supermarket. It was, mm. it was a moment. The, struggle, you- the hair struggle is real. And that's why I got rid of most, of most of mine because I didn't think I'd be able to take care of it. But I'll tell you, I've, I've seen many, many black hikers mm. who have kept their twists and kept their dreads. And That's amazing. Did you take a satin yeah. bonnet to sleep in it? <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I chopped off. I mean, I I went from having, you know, my hair looked like. I had this big natural, a lot of natural. And I big chopped. I was down to like an inch or two inches. Mm. And so I I didn't have much to worry about on that front, thankfully. Whew. I'm I'm stressed just thinking about it. I'm also curious what it is also about the hiking I can understand. And it doesn't like strongly speak to me, but I can see why people are moved by just the, mm-hmm. the act of like reaching a peak or finishing a trail. The thing that yeah. like where you lose me is the pack of stuff, like all that <laughs> stuff on your back. Yeah. I don't know. What well, it, can you walk me through what it is about so that? That so heavy. Yeah. So, I mean, so I know, I know right now we've been focusing about the struggles because the struggles are so real. <laughs> you know, the struggles, are, the struggles are so, so real. My pack is heavy. My feet ache. The Appalachian Trail is very rocky very sharp rocks, very steep. Um, it goes just right up the mountain many times. And that's that's also hard. You got to poop in the woods. That's uh, fun. Do you take toilet paper when you go? Or do you just got to like leaves and berries and stuff? I mean, no, you, you took toilet paper. Oh. You, I always took toilet paper. Okay. Um, some people tried to cut down on their, on their pack weights because their packs are so heavy by taking only as much toilet paper as they needed. And they were always asking people for more. So See, take your toilet that paper, would be Tracy. <laughs> no, Tracy would have been out there with the entire roller bag suitcase of nothing but toilet yeah. paper. Heck yeah. No, I got black a, every time I got to a new situation. town, I got a roll of toilet paper without <laughs> Fail. It was. It was just, there was no question. <laughs> but no. But like, I. I mean, there's. There's. It's uncomfortable. As I said, you don't get to shower, and you got to poop in the woods. You know, sometimes there are shelters set up along the trail, mm-hmm. um, keep you out of the rain. Most of the time, I slept in my tent. But so then there are shelters every 10, 15-ish miles on the trail, and there are mice. You know, like there are mice just running around while you're trying to sleep. And and you're, I'm sure you're like Rahawa. Why? 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 <laughs> why yes, have you, I really why am. Honestly, this? why did you do this to yourself? Why? Um, 
and I I can tell you that I, I you know I I've mentioned I've mentioned the compromised freedom and focused on the compromise, but the freedom I got to wake up every single day mm-hmm. and walk through some of the most beautiful landscapes. I always knew what forward looked like for six months straight. Mm. I just followed these markers. I didn't have to think about the world. Um, I had to think about myself, obviously, to keep myself safe. And there were reminders of the world because Mm -hmm. there were Trump lawn endorsements everywhere that I went. There were Confederate flags everywhere that I went. But I didn't have the day-to-day trauma of being... Um, a, a, a woke person in, in America. And, and that was just something that, that I really needed. Mm. Um, I needed, especially after the, the years that preceded my hike, I just needed an opportunity where no one could fail me but me, where I could just go out and show up for myself day after day uncompromised. Mm. And I did. You did that, girl. You yes. did the hell out of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm so proud of you. I feel like it's not, I I just, it's like so beyond my vision of accomplishment. Like Mm. I don't have a scale for how much you just achieved in that amount of time. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself on this trip? A thing that I've mentioned before, other than the fact that I can walk a lot, um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that I've I've, I've mentioned before, I think to friends and that I've written about a little bit was, I remember one time you wake up early, wake up with the sun and you get going. And I remember one time I was on top of this mountain in Vermont, and I realized that I'd scaled two mountains before the time that most people even show up to work. Mm. And if there was something that I could bring to my life moving forward, it would be making time and making space for those attempts, for those leaps, for those climbs, in whatever shape they took, whether or not they were successful, just knowing that I could accomplish greatness um, even before most people set out to do so. That's an incredible lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I can it achieve is, it greatness is. by coffee time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But there's there's so much confidence that comes. Uh, you know, if you could find that structure. Everyone's will be different. Mm. But I highly suggest figuring out a way to feel accomplished before you've shown up to work. Oh, geez. Because if there's anything that's so going <laughs> to provide that buffer, you know, yeah. give you give you a little bit more room to deal with the stress of everyday life, mm. it's going to be that. Did your time, the time that you spent off the grid, um, not being woke, not having to be woke, not having to be a part of the constant distress of being woke, did that prepare you, do you think, for your return to it? Or was it kind of like, uh, the vacation's over and I have to go back to being stressed? And- or stressed yeah, in a different so, way. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so there's there's a term called post-trail depression, which oh. is a real thing. Um, and people, I mean, you know, you, you, you wake up and you're the best version of yourself for six months, right? Like, you've never been fitter. You've, you've, you've never... Um, I had to focus on on less of the the bad stuff, um, and you come back to a world that looks nothing like the world that enabled you to be that best version. Mm. And people don't know what to do. You know, people regain all the weight that they lost. People are broke. You know, because they've spent all their money that they saved up. People go from, as I said, knowing what forward looks like mm. for six months to not knowing at all. Mm. Many of the uh, international hikers, especially many of the Europeans, were like, yeah, I took a sabbatical and I'm going to go back to my job. And they were just shocked that there were Mm -hmm. Americans who had no idea what they'd do after their hike. Mm. 
And that was really hard. And I had a hard, I had a very hard time. Um, that, and I wrote about it. I wrote about the the hike and the the books that I carried for BuzzFeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I had a very hard time because I did this amazing thing, and then three weeks later the election happened, mm-hmm. and then three days later I left everything and everyone I knew and moved to Oakland. Um, so it's it's been hard. Um, it's it's been it's been very hard. I'm glad I did it, but and I'm glad I did it when I did it. But in no in no way did I think um, reentry would be as hard as it's been. Mm. How are you um, caring for yourself during the um, reintegration? <sighs> Have you <been>? deflating? <laughs> deflating, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, no, that's that's a good question. I don't know that I am, and I don't know how to how to not beat myself up about that. To be mm. honest, um, I'm I'm trying. You know, I I, I want to take a quick sec- second and, and just say that another big reason why I went into the outdoors um, for six months was because I grew up in the outdoors. Um, I grew up in Miami, which isn't a hiking place, but full of water sports. Everglades are there, Keys are there. I've I never felt that nature was a place in which I did not belong. Mm. Um, and I and I think that that's that gave me a lot of the confidence to to go out and hike the trail. But there's so many well documented studies um, about the the mental health benefits of being in nature and that's at least for me I felt that I recently wrote for the Atlantic about forest bathing where you just go out and just be in a forest and not put any pressure on yourself forest bathing yeah 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 forest bathing you don't take a shower in the forest you just go (laughs) it's like you just go in the woods and you (laughs) no 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 not at all no you just go and you be in nature and you just take a little walk and you can read about it and it's good. And you have organizations like Girl Trek. I don't know if you've heard about them. You Mm-mm. know about them? No, what's no? Girl Trek? Their goal is to get bla- black women specifically, but people to walk for half an hour a day in their neighborhoods, in their communities, in parks. Because, you know, we suffer from so many of the biggest um, health crises in America, you know, with diabetes and with obesity. Mm-hmm. Um And so you have these entire hundreds of thousands of black women who are committed to walking 30 minutes a day um, in in whatever areas. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, And and you have outdoor organizations for people of color who are trying to make safe spaces for people of color who want to be in nature and maybe just don't really know how to or don't feel comfortable going out alone. So you have organizations like Outdoor Afro or Latino Outdoors. Outdoor Afro? So yeah, you know, for me, you know, I've, I'm writing about this and I can see the changes happening slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see I can see where things are going. I highly, highly recommend the Instagram Unlikely Hikers, which just shows hikers of all different backgrounds, non-white, who are doing amazing things and going out there just to show that we out here, you know? <laughs> yes, we out here. Uh, Even in nature. Here. <laughs> out yeah, here, exactly. out there. Everywhere, we, yeah, we are, and and that you can be too if you want to. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, this isn't like a threat that like black people. You better get the only thing that's going to make you feel better and, and get rid of your depression is some trees. It's, it's not that, <laughs> obviously, but you know, it's it's about taking time for yourself and it's about being outside in a way that nourishes you. Mm. I'm curious if uh, you were saying that you always felt comfortable in, in nature and that having Miami as your background felt like a, you know, a playing ground for this in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get that kind of like, I know your, your family's Eritrean. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get that kind of immigrant 
parent pushback of like, why are you going to go camping, be like homeless for free <laughs> when I pay? Homeless on purpose. <laughs> right. Homeless on purpose. <laughs> when we came to America for blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, you know? My mother burst into tears. <laughs> burst into tears when I told her I'm going to go into the woods for six months. She's oh, like, no. I don't know how I failed you. You know, I raised you right. I made sure you had all the opportunities and did well in your studies. And you're telling me you're 30, you're not married, you don't have any kids. You just cut off your hair. (laughs) You just cut cut off your hair. You're a quote-unquote writer, whatever that means. Uh, (laughs) Drag all of us right now. A quote artist. You know, my mom mom worries, you know. She's like, Mm. you're telling me that you have no stability and you're doing something that... That's going to put you at risk. And I'm a mom and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Mm. And one of my favorite transformations has to do with my mom because mm. she went from not knowing a damn thing about the Appalachian Trail. She's like, all I know is that you're going to go into the woods, a bear's going to eat you, or a white man's <laughs> going to kill you. One or the other. Yeah. There's, wow. there's no other way to yes, this. Right? You know? and Those she are the went, only you know, two she, options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She seriously thought I was going to show up in Georgia with like a bottle of water on one in one hand and like a machete in the other hand <laughs> and just find my way to Maine somehow. Doesn't don't know how. But then she went from, like, not knowing a thing to texting me, like, a month or two in Mm. with, like, have you backflushed your water filter recently? (gasps) Did you hang your bear bag? I I swear to you, I know, I know my mom has gotten so into it. And I'm telling you, I have never felt closer to her. Mm. For the first time in my life, I feel like I have a relationship with my mom, like a real relationship. And I'm about to start crying hike. right now. I, I, know, I, so didn't expect I can't even say words. That is amazing. Do you think yeah. that you two would ever hike together? <gasps> I think we would. I think she'd love to. Oh um, and God. she's she's strong. You know, hell, she fought in the war for independence. Like she, I'm sorry. She fought. She fought in like uh, the the war for independence. Both both of my parents did um, back in the 60s uh, okay. with Ethiopia. There was a 30 year war. And I mean, like, I'm pretty sure if I put my mom on a mountain, she'd be just fine. She'd, she'd be, be like, yeah, right. no, this is great. It's better without the gun. You know, <laughs> sometimes in mixed company, I forget that everyone's parents doesn't have like a weird war story <laughs> where they're tangentially yeah. related to a political. I was like, war. <laughs> no, it's it's funny. I was I was telling I was te- I was telling Hannah, Hannah Georgis. Friend um, of the show. Hey, girl. You know, hey, girl. Uh, I was telling Hannah that I just I called to wish my mom on September 1st a happy start of the struggle for Independence Day, <laughs> which is a real thing. It's September 1st, and it was the start of, official start of the war for independence, and that's a holiday that I call my mom for. And, you know, mm, it's like that but... Martyr's Day. We got, we got weird Horn of Africa feelings. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's a different episode, I think. Oh, you're right, you're right. If you had a little, a little baby kid, a little girl, a mm. little black girl, and little she girl. wanted to do what you did, what would you say to her? How would you prepare her for the journey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so it could be for this girl, but it could be for any any person, any anybody listening right now. I would say don't be afraid, you know, because if your goal is to not stop, then the fear has no place in your heart. Um, you can you can be cautious and you can you can uh, you can definitely worry. But you have to believe that this is something that you can do and you have to believe that this is something you can make it out of a life. And you have, I would, I would say to keep your heart as open as possible because we've barely talked about the trail community, mm, but yeah. I swear to you, the, the Appalachian Trail hiking community is, is mostly white, but some of the nicest and most welcoming and non-judgmental, kindest and generous people that I have 
ever met in my life. And I, I've, I, I know I tweeted this because I think, Heaven, you and I talked about this, but I can't tell you how much kindness and generosity is on the trail. And if you close your heart to that, then you'll, you'll never see it and you won't, you won't appreciate it. And it, it might be the most amazing thing that happens to you in your life. So, so like, how do please, you find this do. community? Like, do you like read, you read and research beforehand, of course, but like, do you make contact with people in certain like cities or certain spots along the trail beforehand? Do you just show up and you like, Hey, I'm here to walk. It's and the community that I speak of is the community of people who are hiking the trail at the same time as you, oh. um, the people who are also there to get from Georgia to Maine somehow. And and a thing that amazes me the most, or that amazed me the most by the time I got to the trail was when you, you'd ask people, why did you do this? Like, what drove you to the woods? Mm-hmm. What what made you want to do something like that? And the number one reason you get is two words, and that was to heal everybody. Mm. Everybody was just looking for some kind of healing, some kind of closure to many traumas. The first person to through-hike the Appalachian Trail was literally walking off World War II. You have many veterans on the trail these days. You have many people who are dealing with deaths, who are, who have survived cancer, who um, have had fiancés die. You've just, you just have people out there who are undergoing some kind of transformation, and many of them from like a really bad time in their lives, mm. who, who need to believe in the possibility of incremental healing. Mm. And um, that's... That's that's a powerful thing. It's incredible to be around those people for six months. It's a mm. privilege. I feel like healing in general, but that sort of healing in particular is something that I feel like all black people need. So mm. are you yeah. are you recommending hiking the Appalachian Trail or just was it forest bathing? Is that what it's oh, called? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's forest bathing. Okay. It's, I mean, a thing that you have to remember, people tend to 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 make people like me, these outliers into heroes. Through hiking is a ridiculously is a ridiculous thing to do. I, I'm amazed anyone does it. You know, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. And it yeah, no, it's true. And and let's be honest, it requires a great deal of privilege, mm. right? Like, for the most part, you're able-bodied, right? Your health's okay. Mm. Somehow, you have the money to not work for mm. six months. Right. You know, like there's a lot of privilege behind this. But I do believe that nature can heal, and I think that there are different ways to get to it that make sense for every person. So if you hate the beach, the beach isn't going to be your thing. Whereas there are many people who are like, no, if the more that I'm near water, the better mm-hmm. that I feel, mm. you know? And and if you, you know, I don't think that you need to hike the trail or, or even go hiking at all. A thing that I've, I've, I fight is a belief that being in nature has to mean roughing it. One of my friends, a black woman, who used to live in DC, went trail running all the time, would never consider herself an outdoor person. The word trail is in the activity. <laughs> yeah, no. We, yeah. Girl, you wowing. But yeah, no, but 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 it's it's right, true. Right, right. I mean, there's there's it's just how we've been told to to see what it is that we do. Mm. Um, I am 100% for more people spending time outdoors with themselves, with their families, just being in nature. They want to ramp it up. They want to be swimmers. They want to be hikers. They want to climb mountains. Whatever. That's fine. But that's not what's necessary. Mm. What's necessary is being in the world and remembering that you're a part of it. Mm. I almost want to go outside right now. Yes, let's do it. But before we do that, where can people find you and your work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I took a little Twitter break for August, but now it's September, so I guess I'm back. Welcome back, girl. 
thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Take your time. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I kept looking at the news the past month, and I'm like, ooh, I'm glad I'm not on Twitter for this. Going back ooh. to the woods. But, but you can find me on Twitter, at Rahawa Hale, or Rahawa for the Abisha folks. Um, <laughs> we had a conversation about how to pronounce my name. And we can get into that another time, but it's at R-A- H-A-W-A-H-A-I-L-E Send me your cloud photos I like clouds Uh, If you're out in nature, say hey If you need help, honestly If you are a black person who needs help Figuring out how to be in nature Drop me a line Mm, I will be hitting you up soon (laughs) I got you girl So if you listen to this podcast, person who is presumably listening to this podcast right now, (laughs) you know that I'm very into animals. I'm not into all animals, but I have strong opinions about animals. We know you do, Tracy. So when I logged onto my Twitter one day, minding my black ass business, and I see (laughs) this little brown boy just hanging out with some deer. I was like, where did they do this at? And where can I go there? <laughs> yes. um, he went viral after some videos of him just hanging out with a family of deer. Smooth chilling. Just smooth. <laughs> just like, you know. He's, they are homies. <laughs> he named them. One's yes. name is Money. And he just, he just feeds them delicious, wholesome stuff. Yeah. It's so pure. Good pure internet. <laughs> so hard to find. It is hard to find. <laughs> I just want to show everybody how I'm spending my day. I'm out here eating crackers with my pet deer. His name Money. I want everybody to meet him. I got you, bro. Eat up, my nigga. That's my best friend right there. His name Money. We play basketball whenever we board outside. We be lit out here, man. We love the woods. That's that's a good cracker, right, bro? But yeah, man. Y'all see it, man. This shit ain't regular, man. Who got a pet deer? So I'm very excited to introduce you to Mr. Deer Squad himself. A.K.A. Brother Nature. Yes. A.K.A. Cold Game Kill. A.K.A. <laughs> yes. Kelvin Pena. What's Yo. up? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Can't complain. God gave us another day, so you already know it's Liddy. Ugh, my life has already changed by this conversation. <laughs> um, quick story. Like, tell me in, like, a couple of sentences. For the children who are not caught up on the internet. For the children who don't know how the internet works. Why do we know who you are? How did you just come to hang out with a bunch of deer on the internet? Uh, last summer... I had a deer come to my backyard. I named him Money. I consider him and I best friends. I documented it on camera. (laughs) And next thing you know, his family started coming to my house. And it was automatically the deer squad. And I said all this on video. And in like three days of me having my videos up, they went crazy on Twitter. Like I went from 1,500 followers one day to 150,000 three days later just what? yeah just off the strength of the internet so i guess that's how y'all that's how y'all know me today ma'am okay so where in the world were you where are these deer at the deer are in pennsylvania and that's where you were living at the time right yeah yeah i had just moved to pennsylvania last summer because i was starting college i had just moved from texas straight to pennsylvania to go to school over there so did you interact with wildlife a lot when you were in texas or were uh, you like not- oh snap it's a deer i have to go <laughs> say hi to it yeah, it was more like a like a like a shocking type thing. Like it was like because I've seen the deer before. I've been in Pennsylvania before, but like I never seen a deer so close. So I was uh-huh. just definitely shocked. And this time I had snacks in my hand, and this time it was up <laughs> close to me, and I was like, oh, like 
all the other deer that I see, they they skirt off. They run away. They don't even think about twice looking at me. So mm. so you knew I money was something special because he didn't run. <laughs> I definitely knew me and money had a special connection because I threw him an apple at first to respect his space. But like when he took a bite of that apple, he looked at me and like he like licked his nose and then he waggled his tail. And I was like, oh, was yeah, like, that's got it him. right there. Got, got him. him. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um. How did you know that Money's name was Money? Like, how do you find names for the deer? Is it like a feeling? Do they tell you in like a little deer language? Like, what happens? <laughs> it was like my whole thought process in it was like, I looked at him, like I, I analyzed him. And then I was just like, man, like if I really want to make this do my best friend, I got to name something that I love. Like something that, <laughs> something <Yes>. that like, <laughs> I got to name him something that I love, something that I'm always working for, striving for. And uh-huh. money was just it. Like it was just like, I didn't think about it twice. Like it was just like, hmm, money. And, Damn. you know, like, bam, like. <laughs> <laughs> It was like magic. The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying the hell out of this conversation right now because I'm constantly like giving animals names they don't know about, don't care about. And I just I just love that I'm not the only person who does this. So we've seen that you and the deer, y'all squad, y'all get along. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any animals that you would not squat up with? I would say like an animal off the rip that I would not. I wouldn't at least try to get so close to is a raccoon just Ooh. because, you know, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to discriminate raccoons or anything because mm-hmm. I've met, I've met nice raccoons, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have a raccoon but, but friend. Prior to, being, but prior to being with a nice raccoon, like I would not try to like feed a raccoon or nothing because, you know, I've seen too, I've seen elf too many times for me to even try to do that. <laughs> I agree. I also don't fuck with raccoons. But I'm telling you, there is some good raccoons wow, out there. Like, I, was, like, right I had the same, <laughs> like, I really had the feeling like, damn, like, raccoons really don't fuck with nobody. Raccoons, right. like, straight up evil. But They're nah, just stealing like, your shit. They dress like robbers. Yeah. Just, like, straight up. I'm coming for you in your home and, like, everything yeah, you got. I'm, I'm going in your trash. I'm messing it up. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'll be back tomorrow with my homies. Yeah. Facts. But, and then... okay tell me about this alleged nice raccoon you met all right so i was in mexico because i have some things in the works so p.s side note just be updated on your boy because you know i'm saying i got some things coming okay but other than that that, i went to uh i went to animal sanctuary and like they had they had all types of animals oh it was actually an iguana sanctuary where um there's this guy that he he gets food from the local market in Mexico every single day. They, they donate him food for him to feed iguanas. And he has over like 600 iguanas over there that come to him every oh day. God. And it's friendly iguanas. too. Like, yeah. That and sounds another thing. <laughs> it does yeah, sound like a plague a little bit. 600 iguanas will come to this man. <laughs> yeah, nah, for real. And like the iguanas were friendly too. Because when I think I used to live in Puerto Rico too. And like the iguanas, like the only memory I have of iguanas is them whipping my brother. Because my brother used to try to mess with them. And like my brother has scars to this day. Iguanas whipping him. And, wait, um, wait. Time out. <laughs> iguanas did what to your brother? <laughs> they be using their tails to like whip him. Like like what? one time he got too close to an iguana and it just started whacking him with his tail. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know they could do that. Are they the black Yeah, that's, that's, that's how <laughs> the <laughs> animal came down. <laughs> yeah. That's... They might be. <laughs> <laughs> Got a chunk like that for you. <laughs> exactly. Okay. It's like a. It's like they built. But huh. anyway. <laughs> so this is where you were when you met this allegedly the supposed nice raccoon. Yeah, no, it wasn't a nice raccoon. Like, I came up like like the lady that handled the raccoon was like singing to it, and the raccoon was just like in his arms, like chilling, mm. like just chilling. I went in there, and the raccoon was chilling with me too. It let me pet it and everything. Like I was like, wow. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, I I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious about your your background because it it really does feel like you and the deer are like homies. Like, how did you like you're y'all are so smooth with it. It, it feels <laughs> like y'all are friends, and I don't understand. Like, did you have an education in like how to properly approach a deer? Mm. This is uh, nah, how you can tell I, that it likes you. I've always told myself that I have a I have good like common sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. First, to be cool with the deer, I gave him I gave him some snacks that I probably that Peter probably wouldn't be happy with me giving to him. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I gave him some I gave him some like I gave him like powdered donuts at first. Like, I gave <laughs> Wait, him a couple, <laughs> couple of pork rinds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gave like just what was, you had around. First, yeah, like like money. Like at first, I like I gave him crackers. Like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to eat crackers, but like it's the only thing I had in my house. Like I had nothing healthy, so it was like, all right, you gonna eat what I eat right now. So. <laughs> So basically, like, I gave him like, him, yeah, like, pow- like powder donuts and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gave him like the sweets at first. I gave him some <laughs> nice treats that I knew he would like Bowl before he transits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I gave him stuff that I knew he would like, like, automatically, like things that I knew I liked. So after that, I treat him like a homie, like, like straight up, like, whatever you want to eat. Like, yo, I got it. But once I realized that, like, they're going to come every day, I give him nice snacks, but I think we're just cool because, like, when I approach him, I'm just like straight up fearless. Like, because mm. if you if you go to him scared, they sense the fear off you. I feel like That's animals. What I was about to say, I feel yeah, like animals smell the fear on you. Yeah, man. animals animals catch the vibes of people. So let's say like somebody walks up to you all afraid, like yo, like what the hell are you scared for? You know what I'm saying? So like shit, like that's gonna freak me out. So yeah, you, you know, me so I go in the, yeah, exactly. So I walk up to him, I be cool, chilling. No fear in my heart. But like, just good vibes. The very wow. first one was like, uh, it was a buck, right? So it had like the huge uh-huh. antlers and stuff. And you yeah. were still just like, something, man. Yeah, I, I had to be because I, I I really wanted him to be my friend. Like, I, I've, always, I've, always, I've always like admired animals. I'd be like, damn, they're so cool. And I, and I seen a buck, you know what I'm saying? Like a buck, full rack and everything. I was like, sheesh. <laughs> so you... Have you, you've always been into animals? I've always loved animals, but like more than love, like I've always like admired animals. Like every night before I went to sleep, I used to watch like animal doc- documentaries before going to bed. Aww. What's your favorite animal aside from deers? Uh, I feel like my favorite animal, the animal like I admire the most. How's it I like dogs. I like English bulldogs. That's like mm. my favorite animal. And you have one of those, right? No, you have a American I have bulldog. A, I have an American bulldog, yeah. And what's your dog's name? Max. Uh, what does <laughs> what does Max think about all your other little animal friends? Yeah, this whole new squad you got right. now. Max, like, oh, you oh, too, Max. you too big for me now. What's going on? Well, Max, oh, now Max, like twelve. So Max now, like, so Max, like, you got some new friends. Good. <laughs> I don't have to nah, play fetch Max, no more. Like Max, back in the day, he used to chase them, but now it's just like they just be chilling. Like mm-hmm. they look at each other. You know, like Max minds his business. He didn't even try chasing him because he's he's a little slow now. Mm. Can't even catch him. He's me. <laughs> I also yeah. mind my business and I'm also slow. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I always think about whenever I hear of another young person of color doing something that I've never seen a person of color like showcased for. Mm. Like you see this a lot with like animal shows and you see it with travel and stuff. Like there's just no brown people like animal shows. Like what is that about? And there's no like brown people travel shows. You know what I mean? Right. Word. So one of the things that makes me so excited about you and what you're doing, like even if it's just like a fun like little thing you do on the side, even though I know that this is becoming a bigger thing, which we'll talk about. But I get so excited about you and what you're doing because I'm just like some other little brown boy is gonna see him talking to some deer and be like, yo, I wanna go meet a deer too. And then maybe he's like 
I'm really into animals. I'm like, this is my track. This is my life now. So have you, in meeting like fans and stuff, do you ever meet like little kids, little brown kids who was just like, I'm going to be like you when you grow up. I want to do what you do. Yeah. Like, like, cause I've had like a couple of meet and greets and just kids, like they just be so excited to see me. And they're just like, man, like, and even grown people, like they're like, yo, you're my idol. You know what I'm Ooh, saying? Like, What does that like, feel like to hear? It just feels like so cool because it's like, damn, like people like me, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's very it's also very humbling too. Like it encourages me to just keep being me and like you know mm-hmm. stay on track. Like I love it. I'm Aww. very grateful. for Are all there of like it. any Puerto Ricans in, with travel shows or something? You know, I can't like, name. I can't name a single a single person yeah. of color. Period with a travel show or an animal. Uh-uh. Show. Is that something you're into? If, make if, yeah, if Animal Planet calls you tomorrow, definitely. they like, hey. Brother Nature, the show. Are you ready? You down? Heck yeah. Mm. I'm with it. Like, I've low-key always wanted to be on TV, so. (laughs) (laughs) Just a matter of time. Another great thing about your story is that um, you are not just, like, out here making viral videos for the sake of making viral videos. You are helping to feed other people and animals, too, maybe, with the Everybody Eats Foundation. Tell us about that. Um, So, like, when I saw that I had, like, this, like, internet outburst and I have all these eyes on me and I'm like man like that's cool like now I have a voice where I can reach a lot of people and I just want to I just want to help I want to help whoever I can help like I want to I want to give back to the people you know what I'm saying that are not, are not as happy I want to spread the happiness that I have right now I'm not saying like the like the internet like that's what made me happy because I was like I had just found like true happiness within myself like right before it happened and I feel like you know I feel like it was perfect timing so Wait. it was just like yeah so it was Talk just to like us about this finding true happiness within yourself and how old <laughs> tell us your secrets uh, all right tell tell you my secrets all right so <laughs> uh let's see i was 17 when it all happened so let's say um so like growing up like life wasn't always the easiest like me and my family like we always like we swore up and down like we were cursed like so like at least on my mom's side because like, i live with my mom my brother so mm-hmm. we always swore up and down we were cursed because like any every time something good would happen, it was like it was like take three three steps forward and like seven steps back. It's like mm-hmm. what we felt like, and we would we would tell each other that like as a family too. So like it came to a point where we had like no heater, no AC, mm-hmm. like no heater in the winter, no AC in the summer, and we we're like damn. And then like I I came through like a breaking point where I was like shit, like really like I want to change like my destiny, like I want to. I want to change the curse. Like, we can uplift this curse if we just mm. say that there's no curse. Like, I, I got that early. Like, you can speak whatever you want to existence. And it's like, I kind of did it without even knowing. So I was like, let me just make the best out of, out of what I have now and, like, the like the best of what I can do, which is school. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm only, well, how old am I? Like, 15, like, 14, 15. So I'm like, I can't get no job. I can't do nothing. So let me just help my mom by getting good grades and doing the best I can in the swim team. So that's all I did. Like in school, like my my income was grades. Like if I had all A's, I felt rich. Like shit. Like uh. I'm I'm on the come up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's lit. Yeah. And like if I was putting in work in the, in the swim team, if I if I had a new personal record, then like that was good for me. Like that was good enough for me. And that's that's what I was getting my happiness off of. And then um, every summer, every winter, I spent with my dad. So um, so I would I would go visit my dad, and that was kind of like my um. My chill mode, like it was different over here. You know what I'm saying? Like the, it wasn't as bad as as home. At least I had cable over here. I had AC over here. I had heater over here. I had a nice, comfortable bed over. Here. You know what I'm saying? Then I would go back home and put in the work. Mm-hmm. So like, it was like a balance. So, 
like I realized that I was like, damn, at least I have this balance. And like through the struggle, I'm working. So it keeps my mind off the struggle. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you work through the struggle, you don't really feel like you're in the struggle because you're working. So that was like, that's like a lesson I learned young. And mm-hmm. like by the time I graduated school, well, let's say, oh, things started getting better. Like my mom got a new car. We, the AC got fixed. The heater mm-hmm. got fixed. Like by the time, like let's say like my senior year is starting. So I'm going into senior year happy. I'm like, I'm already number 16 in my class mm-hmm. out of 400. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey. I got, found them one time. I got... I got, I, um, I earned over a hundred thousand dollars in scholarship. Like I was like, man, like you know, like I'm like I'm the man. Oh like what's like, yes. like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, shit, nothing gonna stop me. So, did it feel to you that the deer was just like a random thing, or are you one of those people who's like everything happens for a reason? And I was ready for this to happen, and it was presented uh, to me. Good question. Yeah, I'm definitely on everything happens for a reason. I'm mm-hmm. on that side, mm-hmm. like. Everything, like everything I've been through, like it happened for a reason, definitely. So that's what keeps me going because it's like I'm I really got in touch with like my spiritual stuff, too. And like, I don't know, like I don't go to church like all the time, but like I always talk to God. So like mm-hmm. I just feel like God like has a plan for me. And I've always like felt like God had a plan for me. Like when I saw my friends stealing, like I never felt OK with me stealing because like I felt like God was gonna be like damn Kelv like what the fuck is wrong with you like why are you stealing you know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. like I don't know like I always felt like I try to keep my morals straight I always mm-hmm. try to at least I always try to do the right thing yeah and you are definitely doing the right thing with the Everybody Eats Foundation oh thank you yeah so um, I love how into giving back you are and how into mm-hmm. giving back to the community you are so tell us a little bit about how Everybody Eats operates. What do you do? How can people help out? All right. So Everybody Eats, like we're, we're big on the holidays because, you know, I still have school like, during, the, during the school year. But whenever I get some free time, I'll make sure I like to help families in need during the holidays, like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. My goal is to at least feed over 100 people. Well, this year I want to feed over 1,000 people because last year I fed over 100 people. But wow. I, On yeah, Thanksgiving we, in particular, like on a single yeah. day? Uh, um, we did it like throughout like the whole like week of Thanksgiving. Like, so I made I made a, a video like letting everybody know like, hey, you can donate here because we're gonna try to feed over a hundred families this Thanksgiving, and we work off of donations. And what I did was I went to the local food pantry with like a piece of paper, and then I was asking people like as they got their food like, hey, like, is your family gonna have a Thanksgiving meal this year? And the people that would say no, I took their address down. So. By the time it came, like three days before Thanksgiving, I went to all those houses with like boxes that have Aww. like a like a turkey that's not cooked. You know what I'm saying? Like mac and cheese, like everything that's not cooked. All the ingredients you need to make a Thanksgiving meal three days mm-hmm. before, so they can go through the whole experience and cook mm-hmm. it in their house. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a Thanksgiving like meal pack. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. here you go, enjoy, cook it, go through the whole experience with family. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then like we did that for at least forty homes, and then we donated like over 160 turkeys through like all the churches around wow around. yeah so it, it, i mean it was so dope like people were so happy and it just felt good to like yeah. provide some you know like make a holiday for somebody like happen mm. uh, it makes me feel so old and crotchety to say this but i love it when the youth give back to the community <laughs> because like something that we talk about here a lot because me and heaven are really really big fans of Vine R.I.P. and just the internet and the viral life. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is how when white kids go viral, they can 
pretty much capitalize on it instantly, right? They're out here. They've got a channel. They got yeah. They've got like free vans for a year, and they got endorsements and all this other stuff. And then like black and brown people are out here actually funny actually like killing it and like we get nothing and so it's really really nice and refreshing to see first of all we finally get something we're finally winning and the thing that you choose to do is give back i think that's amazing oh thank you unfortunately we are out of time but thank you for sitting down with us it's been a joy where can people find you and your work find me at colgan kelv on instagram c-o-l-d-g-a-m-e-k-e-l-v youtube brother nature Game Kev, Twitter, uh, everybodyeatsfoundation.org. Awesome. Thank you so much. Heaven, guess what time it is? What time is it? It's time to buy some rims. Yay! Okay, next, Kevin. Who or what is your rim for? I have a very, very super quick round. It's my, like, only travel hack. Ooh, <laughs> a travel hack. Um... I thoroughly enjoy having a clean home to return to. Yes, ma'am. It is a strive because usually when I'm packing, Mm -hmm. uh, everything is everywhere. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I haven't planned in advance. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that exact feeling I don't want to feel when I come back Mm -hmm. of just things being everywhere. And you can just get right to relaxing. Oh, yes. Because you be needing a buffer zone. Like once you get back from vacation before you have to do The reintegration back to society. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. Like mm. your vacation mind will thank you if you take the time. That's so real. To just clean. Yeah. Before you leave. Clean your room. Do it. I'm pretty sure I've bought this round before. Okay. But there's so much love in my heart oh. that I have room for another round for my mom. Oh. She's here visiting me in New York City for the first time. Oh. She got here on her birthday. Yay. Invited a few friends over. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, it's just been really, really nice for her to see where her kid like lives. You know, this and what jungle. she does. <laughs> I got so like emotional seeing her like at in the stew mm. with the headphones on. I was like, she's it's coming full circle. So, you know. <laughs> but That's um, amazing, Tracy. Yeah, we um she's my best friend and uh I know that me moving away was not easy on her. Mm. So it's nice to be able to bring her here and be like, Look, I'm doing okay, you know. Word. Got a job, got good friends, got a little bit of money. <laughs> I took her to one semi fancy dinner. <laughs> uh but that's all. Heaven, we made it. Hey! Ah, every day. Every time. Every time. It's, it's like, a celebration. It was touch and go for a little bit. It always is. <laughs> but we did it, and I'm so glad that we did it. Thank you so much to our girl, Rahawa Haile. You can find her on Twitter at Rahawa Haile. That's spelled R-A-H-A-W-A-H-A. I-L-E. Ask her for all the tips yes. about the outdoors because we yeah. ain't got none. <laughs> and like resources for like how to get started. Yeah. she She's talking about that whole community of hikers and yeah. she will help you get plugged she in. She surely will. Absolutely. Also, thank you to Kelvin Pena, a.k.a. Brother Nature. Hey. I'm so excited for all the good things that Can't he's doing. Can't wait for that show to happen. Yeah, with this platform. <laughs> I'm so ready. Yes. Discovery Channel. What y'all doing? Get it together. You can follow him on Twitter at Cold Game Kelv, K-E-L-V. Shout out to the Pod Squad. <laughs> this episode was produced by Nina Patak and Agaranesha Chagre with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and production support from Julia Ferlin and Alex Laughlin. Thank you to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy. 
and Don Will of the Almighty Tanya Morgan. And thank you to Hasizel for the bomb Nola Bounce remix. Hey. As always, you can find me at Heaven Rant. You can find Tracy at Brokey McPoverty. Mm-hmm. She's taking the city, broke or not. Yeah. <laughs> you can email us, tweet us, Facebook us at Another Round, where we always are. All the things at Another Round. Write us on iTunes. Tell a friend, nominate us for a Nobel Peace Prize, etc., etc. <laughs> and sign up for the newsletter. It's so good every week. You can do that at BuzzFeed.com slash Another Round slash newsletter. Drink some water, take your meds, call your person, and go outside, fam. Yes. Right now. Right now. Let's go. Mm